Please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. And welcome to Wired Shut. Um, he's your host, Logan. And I'm, I'm your host, Jesse. It's so much easier to talk when I'm just like wearing a headset instead of a clunky but pretty looking uh, microphone arm. Yeah, I mean, microphones are still like good for the same room, though. Yeah. As I've said to you before, I don't know how Charlotte and Jamie managed to make two $300 microphones sound so bad. <laughs> Uh, um, did they not have enough vocal fry? Um, no, I, I mean, I, what I will say is content-wise, they destroy us. They can achieve in 30 minutes what we can't achieve in some of our three-and-a-half-hour episodes. Yeah, but like to be fair, um, this is therapy for us, uh, and it took us That's about 40, 40 episodes to acknowledge that. So uh, we're growing, okay? So between this show, the group chat, Divinity, literally and our video game venture, we probably have a lot of group therapy we need to go through. Yeah, so I bought myself a whiteboard. Because I, um, as a homeowner, I'm now able to put things on the wall. So I bought a whiteboard to write down ideas. Um Oh, yeah, I've been meaning to buy one of those. All I've done so far is write down the ideas we haven't finished, <laughs> which is still something. Um, but yeah, you're right. Between <laughs> well, the podcasts, is that you're ashamed of yourself. Despite the fact that we lived together for five years, and we've, we've, known each other, <laughs> we've known each other for 22 years. We, uh, Jesus, have we? Yeah, more or less. Like We've known each other. We've hung out together for about... 20 years yeah um, knew who each other we've, were we've had like... a podcast for five years coming up five years this podcast we've is... not made it to 100 episodes in five uh, years we're prototyping a board game we're trying to build a vr game we play dungeons and dragons type games every second weekend and uh yeah yeah but and we talk every day in a group chat yeah we <laughs> We we really are, are, try, are extremely overcompensating for the fact that we live in drastically different parts of what's realistically a relatively small country, but still. Yep, but um, we are a hive with, mind. <laughs> yeah, to hell with Hamilton. Um, and to hell with Hamilton. Uh, it's it's where you are. Been there, done that. Come back again. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, at this point, Hamilton is Auckland South. Yeah, I've seen it. It was the, it was the, it's, it's no, it's no Snyder cut, that's for sure. Are you like that segue? I did. Yeah. Why are you? Are you what? No, but like, get, let's get to the point on that. Why are you? Me personally, or yeah, yeah, me figuratively. <laughs> Big cough. That's what I'm giving you. Big cough. I, I actually derailed that on purpose. Yes. So <laughs> that's all we do at each other. That's why we never get any momentum on the show. Because <laughs> like, how dare you try to one up me with um, 
semi-scripted content, you son of a bitch. Two people are chasing each other to try and make the ear dead, or it's not going to make for a very good show. Oh, that's why we need to actually, like, get on Should we actually make dead ear, finally? Yeah. Jesse and Um, Logan B podcast. Or is that not just what... um... We can just make a podcast about why we haven't made episodes of Watch. Uh, I mean, we joke, but we will... It's, it's, it's on brand. We will squeeze blood out of that stone for at least five episodes, 40 man hours, yeah, and... A solid social media marketing campaign. <laughs> I mean, if, if Charlotte just um, starts charging people for not even starting any of the work, just literal yeah. discussions about the work, uh, we would be her biggest client. That's the thing. It's called a um, no. I've forgotten the word. Doesn't matter. It's a, it's there is like a pre thing. It's audit in a in a in a plan where you like build it all in advance of the thing. And yeah, that that's often more expensive than the op- ongoing costs. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, we'll call it dead air, and then we'll inevitably um, run into another podcast with the exact same name that has a more established listener base, and then have to change the name to something that sounds like it but isn't exactly the same. We we couldn't have predicted this. We spelt dead air wrong on purpose, you know, so it would be easier to find us. <laughs> Fucking wired shut. Uh, uh, weird we shit. Cheat. Uh, yeah, that was the time. Yeah. Um, what else has so, happened in the this podcast? We um we got what's happened since November. One of our t-shirts got kicked off. Um, T Public. Oh yeah, for anyone that was really looking forward to being able to buy um a t-shirt with the Wireshark logo on it, but in Pornhub style branding. Yeah. Uh, too bad. So um, so you can get the white one. I think you just can't get the black one anymore. Always the case. <laughs> yes. Always. If anything, this is another example of racism in play. Uh, it's really hard to keep track of how long we've been talking because we're now, we're, as you probably can tell from the quality of this podcast, we're now doing this over Discord. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's how podcasts are done these days because of COVID lockdowns and whatnot. Yeah, and so I suppose uh, we tried really hard to do remote podcasting the right way for the longest time, well before COVID was even a thing. And the longest time. Now that the uh, standard for podcasting and content online has dropped to just deal with the fact that no one can leave their homes in America because they can't get their shit together. Um, If anything, it's just proven time and time again that we're trailblazers. Exactly. We yeah. can, that's, that, that was the point I was eventually trying to make, but I was... Uh, well, I beat you there, so yeah, deal well, with it. Come on. Yeah. Um, um, is there joining us on else? this podcast is Craig, the Discord <laughs> chat. No, no, our producer, a real person. Produ- producer Craig. Oh, producer Craig, yeah. Craig, fix that in post for us. Mm. Yeah. Bring that up on the screen, Craig. I'm nodding at him right com- <laughs> Got to be careful of our Craig commands because if we... Um... It's not voice activated, right? Our producer, I hope he is. because he's. Uh, a real I mean, yes, people being. are technically voice activated. You raise a good point. <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on, though. Let's just, just skip it. Are people voice activated, though? They are. Um, thanks for listening. Well, some people aren't, but they don't listen. <laughs> 
I mean, to is it a bad joke or just not a joke? <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> in, in one breath, for you to say no, some people aren't voice activated, therefore implying they're incapable of hearing because uh, they're deaf. And then you go on to say that they're terrible for that. <laughs> I wasn't implying deaf people. I was implying people that just oh, don't I ignore see what you. you. Mean. Or it's just your eyes. Deaf people I'm aren't lean into my yeah. hubris. Yeah. So I wasn't talking about yeah. the deaf. <laughs> Oh, why would you though, right? Because why do we you, say that? Are the deaf a collective? The deaf collective. We are the... <laughs> now, no, now um, I, I put on a voice to. I know I started to do the, the same deaf, thing, but I'm like, no, 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 no. Because there's, there's, there's cliches there that you don't want to touch on. That <laughs> somebody no. from the deaf collective might hear us. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah, I mean, I was oh, I was doing that, that um, group of aliens from Galaxy Quest, but even that was a little too close to something I wouldn't want to. Yeah, all those aliens are basically on the spectrum, right? That's why they talked the way they did. I, make it worse for me. <laughs> I oh, yeah, I mean they yeah yeah. Was Tony Shalhoub one of the aliens in that? Uh Tony Shalhoub was one of the crew members. That's right. Okay. All the aliens were just dudes that looked like. Um, I just think it's important like to bring back golf to... weight types. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just Veronica Mars's dad was one of them. I yeah, that. That, that's 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 the guy whose name I can't remember that I meant when I say Bobcat Goldthwait types. Um, he's what got a he's got a Cubano name, I believe. He's Hispanic. Um, Spencer bald guy i'm just going to google that real quick let's see what comes up is this a where are they now and are they hot have we come so far that when you google spin city the top result is not the tv show but a stupid game on um on the play store called spin city oh no that's just google now it only cares about selling you things um, um good dad veronica mars He's not Spin City, is he? I got a picture of Lobot from Star Wars. Yeah, he's, oh no, he's at Spin City. It's um, it's, just shoot me. Yes, that's right. Just and Frankie Moon is for some reason. I feel like there'll be some. I'm looking at pictures of Brian Posehn. If we have any fans sure. left, they would definitely be screaming at us for getting Enrico Colantoni. It's a big shout out to Enrico Colantoni right now. I've um, never heard that name before. I had no idea that guy was called that. And if you look at pictures of Enrico Colantoni, you also get a lot of pictures of um, Rob Corddry by Bold Association. Uh, what about Runkle? Was Runkle up there? Runkle. Um, so I search for Chunky Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I just searched Runkle and it came up. He does kind of look like Bezos, so he just needs to get on the roids a bit. Okay, again, Google, top search result for Chunky Jeff Bezos is uh, one about a meme, and then the next one down is Jeff Bezos triple X model Chunky on xvideos.com. Um, so, well, gonna... first you got to turn safe search on, Jesse. No. Doing an incognito. Uh, yeah, no, you don't want to. Uh, no. Nah. I'm just going to send this link to you in the Discord chat. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to no. send you this image. <laughs> That's oh pure grade A runkle right there. <laughs> it's basically what comes up when you look at this. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, do I have to? Yeah, you have to. 
But also, I now realise this is the entire People's Club chat, so Charlotte can definitely also see this. Uh, I was just a search. It wasn't even like... No, that's just the second result when you look up Jeff Bezos, uh, fat, rung, fat, chunky, chunky Jeff Bezos on, in Google. That's the result that comes up. Now we've we've migrated into our sister podcast, Into the Weeds. <laughs> Um, uh, so, all right, then, if we were to jump back onto some semblance of a track, yep. what did what you think we... of the Snyder Cut, the, the belated cut. movie that requires you to have seen two special cuts of two movies that nobody has seen? Correct. Um, all in all, a really good. Uh, really good show. You literally just came out of watching it. You've just spent the last four hours of your day are you telling me or asking me consuming now getting the listeners up to speed on how fresh you are on, mm. the, on the watch yes, i watched I, I literally said we can record after i finish watching this i also edited two episodes of with relish while doing it mm-hmm. ate a nice lunch <laughs> paused uh, a couple look, of times we've, go we've, to the bathroom. we've released two episodes uh, um yeah, but they, they do them on timers and release them periodically. It's called cool planning. Oh, yeah. oh, that's... I mean, yeah. If, yeah, give that a go. That's fine. If that's what you're into. I'm not going to judge you. I've got this stupid picture of fucking Runkle looking at me. I need to minimize this window. Oh, God, there he is again. It's bigger. He's under the messenger chat. Oh, God. Not only is Runkle looking at you, but... Runkle's looking at you, and you are Runkle's dick's point of view, looking back up at him. Oh, that's what made it so hard. Okay, I'm now looking at... uh, The Runkle? Yeah, the Justice League in front of a green screen. Okay, a little bit better now. Um, Okay. Yeah, Snyder Cut. So, what is it, four four years after the theatrical Joss Whedon version? Yes. Um, Which I, I think I watched in a cinema. A solid three years worth of a, a hashtag trying to gain momentum enough that Warner Brothers go, oh, good idea, instead of going, oh, that's a good idea to make even more money. Let's pretend that's a good idea and just kind of let it happen eventually. Yeah. And they spent, what, $70 million? Yeah. Um, Which on... actually isn't that much, probably, when you think about how much the original movie would have cost to shoot. Well, that's... And they would have um, spent none of the original budget on actually finishing any of the post-production. Hmm. Yeah, so they just had a bunch of wild scenes with no CGI in them. Yeah, what that kind of tells you is that Warner Brothers probably spent $70 million they shouldn't have on refilming Justice League the first time around. And so they just reactivated that amount of the budget from last time to let them finish it this time. Yeah, um, I, I think this shows more than anything that an average movie that makes sense is better than like pulling the plug and going, no, we have to just chop this into something that we think won't offend anyone. Which made no sense because it offended everybody when it came out. It was. Yeah, just poor storytelling is extremely offensive to the like human poor mind. Story poor storytelling you cut out 90 percent of the black characters story arc and then you uh yeah that that was a bit egregious refilm all of the wonder woman scenes to focus more on her arm on her ass and what everyone else thinks about her ass really yep but but so 
what about all the images, all the scenes of her, like when she's bloody fixing a statue and she's wearing a skin tight leather dress with massive cleavage? Is that um, is that expected to be from the original? Um, don't know. I I mean, she was just. I mean, she's a she's a supermodel, so her just wearing clothes is just going to look good. But I don't think it like it didn't just focus on her butt like the. The, the Joss Whedon version actually just had close-ups of her ass. I mean, I genuinely don't remember that. I just remember that movie being um, just obvious, like, narrative threads cut and pasted out of the movie to the point where you just... It was just unfinished. When a movie gives yeah. you that sense of, okay, this is a setup, okay, this is a setup for something, and then nothing happens, or then all the characters just forget about that. Yeah. You get this weird tonal disconnect in your head that just also annihilates your ability to follow what's going on. And watching this version just confirms that they didn't need to do any of that. Like none of the footage in the new in the Snyder cut is new, apart from a couple of touch ups here and there to flesh out the story even more because he got the license to do that. Mm. But and I film... think a few shots of characters standing in front of green screens just speaking dialogue that they didn't have. Um, which yeah, some of those shots were a little bit shoddy, but mm. considering the amount of time and the probably the the team he had to put that together pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. But yeah. Why did they they had a full story, and instead of just cutting certain bits out of it, they cut certain bits out of it and then rewrote it. Yeah, I can't understand why you wouldn't just retain the story and then trim from there. There are entire like the, in the in the Whedon version, there's when Superman uses his ice breath to break uh, Steppenwolf's axe in this version. In the last version, he he instead flies up and then uses his ice breath on the entire room or something. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, it it. it... The the best thing it did with the Superman part was going um like it by actually cutting to away to him doing things and talking to people, you get a sense that he needed to actually come to a point of understanding the fight and returning to it. Whereas previously, you just it just seems like he disappeared from the movie for a bit and was doing things that were completely unrelated for no reason because he didn't care, and then he just suddenly turns up at the 11th hour and beats the bad guy with no effort. Yeah, and it, they, they seem to be completely, like, have no uh, control over any situation in that last cut compared yeah, to what no, they, they fleshed out what they were doing in the lead-up to expecting him to be able to come back to life. They were planning without him for most of that movie. Yeah, and the, they are, for the most part, succeeding at their mission without him until Steppenwolf gets too far and succeeds too much in place of like what they were trying to stop him from doing. And once they cross that like too far line, that's when um, they start to lose. Like if Steppenwolf hadn't have succeeded with whatever that cube nonsense was, um, they would have probably been able to kill him without Superman. So that, like, they, it felt like they knew what they were doing, not like they just went on a suicide mission in the hope that they'd get bailed out at the end. It just, it just, yeah, it, it shows that a 
you can't run from telling a cohesive story from fear of it being a cohesive story that might piss people off or be too long. Yeah, like it's just either tell the story. Like it is literally a case of shit or get off the pot or whatever it is. Yeah, and considering the number of stages and the number of eyes and the number of people involved all the way along to even get to the point where you're ready to start filming, that they could have stopped it and said, no, we don't want that to happen. But instead, they let him film it, start filming it, get 95% of the filming done, and then wait for him to drop off and go, oh, you know what? This would be better if we made this more funny. And the the and fact then... that they only did that once he left meant that he wielded sufficient power that whether they wanted to do that or not, they didn't have the balls until his, what, daughter died and he his left daughter, the project? Yeah, his daughter killed himself. Killed herself, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... so... They were uh, all... Granted, they, they would... They forever meddled with things after he finished them. Yeah, that's always been the case. They they recut. Um, I mean, if that, it, it's that it's really starting to seem like if you went back even and saw an air cut of Suicide Squad, it might actually be a movie. Well, that's what this um, this whole campaign has ignited is that people want to see what the David Ayer cut or air cut of Suicide Squad would be. But the um, only issue with the studio doing that is where does that leave the James Gunn remake? Um, they've established they don't exist in the same universe anyway. So even though it uses the same characters, DC's got that whole we can't keep not fucking these movies up. So we're just going to play multiverse with all of them and then say they all can theoretically cross over with everything because that's actually the biggest strength of the DC universe kind of um catalogue of stories is that mm. most of those things aren't from the same universe and never were oh, okay uh, just so, let comic book shittiness be comic book shittiness yeah yeah and or just have different versions of the same characters operating across different versions of reality at any given time and let them cross over and call that an event um Fair because enough. they couldn't keep track of 80 years worth of canon um but instead of leaning into that in the right ways from the get-go, they thought they needed to replicate what Marvel had done, which is one specific universe with one specific weaving narrative. One universe, one tone, one grand plot. Yeah. One machine. Um, yeah. So I have less to say about the David Eakard of Suicide Squad, because even though they did butcher it um based on the stuff that he talked about it's like he filmed it all he and it just became a, a matter of editing yeah so if they just recut it, it probably well, didn't they say straight up the studio basically put him away and the entire movie got recut after he was on yep basically they saw all of the hype from the marketing company that released the first created and released the first trailer got people really excited for what they thought was the tone of the movie instead of you know just the actual content of the movie and said that's the that's the tone that we need for this movie and hired that marketing company to then edit the entire film Ugh. but H hence why trailers are not movies hence why, yep 
hence why every five minutes of that movie is a character gets introduced to a different soundtrack song from a different um, popular band for all about 20 seconds because yeah, so I remember that, that marketing was... marketing teams can only pay for the first 20 seconds of a song um, and then do that five or six times before the movie actually starts and then go do a movie. Ugh. Yeah. And then um, Birds of Prey highlighted that whatever it felt like was achievable there was just... What am I trying to say? I'm, I've got somebody looking at me. Um, Birds of Prey showed that if you take a villain from a movie that was good as a bit part and try and extend that into an entire movie without even managing to maintain what made that character good, the old thing just falls on its face. That's what happens if you take a, a series Don't of... Worry, Rosie Perez is there as a drunk cop for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens when you um, don't again don't have faith in the original story which is just the birds of prey and think oh you know what people really liked about what we did in the last lot of movies harley quinn so let's just put her at the center of this story which has nothing to do with her mm. you could remove her from the entire movie and it would still work yeah like it's uh, wait yeah you make the the girl from um, Lovecraft Country, the main character, yeah. and it, it'd probably yeah. work better, wouldn't it? So yeah. is Harley Quinn not in that plot? Barely. In the like, comic book. She's not part of the Birds of Prey, no. No, Birds of Prey is Huntress. Um, uh, it's Huntress, Black Siren, uh, not Black Siren, um, Canary, Black Canary, yeah. Huntress, and... Uh, Rosie Perez. <laughs> Rosie Perez for some reason. And then um I think it's meant to be not Catwoman, but no, yeah, it's it's Huntress and, and Black Canary, and then they, they are all tied up with cat, the likes of Catwoman and um Batgirl. Mm-mm. And so it's meant to be female lead and yada yada yada, but it's got nothing to do with Harley Quinn. Right. Yeah. It it felt like that when you watched it too. Also, just the the egregious, like she walks into any room and just wrecks shop. Yep. Never Better. loses momentum getting from A to B for whatever MacGuffin she chose to go to that place for. Better than any other character in her main core of, of um, strong heroes who all have powers. Yeah. Or versions of powers. And like what Black Canary used her siren scream thing once in that movie. Yeah, and that was only once she felt sufficiently threatened that she was like, all right, I guess i got to do this. Yeah. Also, Harley Quinn knew she could do it. Yeah. I, yeah. She was. They met during the course of that film, and she never saw her do it before then. That movie should have been um, Birds of Prey find out that Harley Quinn is operating again in Gotham City and decide they need to take her down. At the same time, Black Masks decides... Harley Quinn needs to die because it's Harley Quinn and it becomes a bit of a just a rat race between the two of them to catch up with her but you almost never see her yeah well she's right. but that just... would have been the movie if you just you just she became a figure of of something that they all wanted to try to get their hands on but she um 
is always seems to be always three steps ahead of everyone. Yeah, well, they arbitrarily turned a extremely unforgivable bad guy into a good guy, and then gave her a kid sidekick for her to explain how to be powerful and not listen to what people say about you while she's on the rebound. Yeah. I don't know, there's, there's a plot there that somebody could write that would work, but it's not that movie. It had talent, it had uh, good everything else going for it, it just didn't have a good story. If, if you just made, even if Harley Quinn was a part of that main group and you just made her bounce out and then pop in occasionally, do some funny shit, be cool, save them, and then just go, like, fuck it, I'm out and leave, that it, it would have saved her character. Yeah, exactly. She's uh, she's one of those characters, much like I still think Deadpool is, where you they're, they're, there's too much there to put on screen and make them the main character. They're too tiring to follow around. Well, the thing with Harley Quinn is she is still meant to be legitimately insane. So your storyline there could have been post getting dumped by the Joker and left for dead after Suicide Squad, Harley decides that all men need to die. So she's going around Gotham murdering as many men as she possibly can. And the... Yeah, but it's, it's not empowering enough. It is if you put the bird... Yeah, well, she's meant to be insane. Yes, no, but, but they wouldn't let if... it happen, oh. would they? But you put birds of prey up against that to say, hey, you're the you're the feminist group of this world. You're the ones who have to take this one her down because you're the only ones that can get close enough to her because she's stolen some sort of chemical that fucks men up. So if men get near her, they'll die. Then they have to grapple with the fact that they also hate men. That's why they're yeah. the birds of prey and they have to take down. They have to be on the side of chaotic good instead of chaotic, chaotic evil to do their job. The best part of that, of all of that, to me, was the Huntress just being angry that no one remembered who she was because she wasn't memorable. Oh yeah, but none of that, none of that stuff came through strongly enough because Harley Quinn was the comedy of the entire movie. That you never actually got to enjoy all of the other people kind of being stupidly funny. Yeah, but she, I mean, everything Harley Quinn did in that movie was very much like this is what old people think memes are. Um, but now that we've um, sidetracked off of... So that's how we would have solved Birds of Prey. Snyder so. cut oh, and proof yes. that you hate <laughs> feminism. Um, yeah. Oh, as a, as a male, I just fixed feminism. Did you, were you not listening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patriarchy saves the day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, let's rattle off some of the things we actually liked about Snyder cut, though, because... You've been talk, talking about it as you're so, watching it. But. Yeah, I was about to say. So I'm I'm not a fan of things being, which granted it's a comic book movie, so that's me being pretentious probably more than anything. I'm not a fan of things existing with advertising in them for other things. Yeah, yeah. Cut the epilogue off and just forget about it. If you yeah. let the movie end pre epilogue, you have a more clean and fair and good and artistic experience. If you let that run on, it just becomes a series of trailers for movies yeah. that aren't going to get made. I can respect that position because it's essentially saying um, Easter eggs are fine. They always have been. 
that's exactly what people like to see in movies with established law. But mm. don't sacrifice narrative time. Yes, I'm trying I'm, to set I'm, up another idea. Yeah. Good that he didn't actually string them throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, we already discussed though the the Martian Manhunter just being periodically restitched into this whole universe was a bit unnecessary. Weak. Yeah. Like, I get that was where he wanted to take the movies, but don't then just ham it into this version just so that you could say that you brought Martian Manhunter to the big screen. Yeah, and and because I've never watched any of the recuts or extended cuts of the other movies. So as far as I'm concerned, um, a woman walks into a hallway, turns into a grey alien person who initially I was like, I guess that's one of Darkseid's minions doing something secretly in the background. Exactly. And then he said something really weird and hopeful. Yeah. Then I was like, "What?" See, and, and then somebody who was grown up because he had no other relevance to the movie. Yeah, and see, and that's somebody's um, position for like, despite the fact that you're not necessarily a fan of these sorts of vehicles, mm. you grew up watching these these cartoons and these TV series that you know who Martian Manhunter is. Yeah. Well. But, if you see a grey goose, I still alien. think of him yeah. as was his name John something or other. Yeah, John, and that's how he should have introduced himself to Ben Affleck at the end. My name is John Jones, but I've gone by many names. Um, at times when I've been a terrifying alien, they've called me the Martian Manhunter. But my name is John, and I'm also here, and I need to do better. Thank you, Batman, for being Batman. Your parents would be proud. Make Ben Affleck cry. The end. Um, Right, slash go, wait, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Which is well, the like, audience's reaction to that character. Well, I mentioned this in the chat before, but imagine if somebody just flew up to your house, if you've gone through all of that shit, and you literally wake up from a nightmare about an alien destroying your universe that you thought you had put to rest two years ago when you were having those nightmares. You keep having them, you wake up, only to see an alien fly at your window yeah. and say, hi, I am the Martian Manhunter. Yep. Would you not first reaction be, holy fuck, you're terrifying. I'm not the human or the human Martian hunter. Well, and does Batman's house not have one things to stop things flying towards it randomly? Who does it not have? Um, you know, I, I can see Batman like staring at you with a and humoring you. And then he just like taps his foot on a floorboard funny and you get shot. That's, I, I the Batman, that's the Batman we should have in this new world when like yeah. intergalactic threats could come out of yeah. nowhere. Granted, uh, he's supposed to be the least Batman-y Batman because in the death of Superman is supposed to have made him sort of change his ways and become a bit more like what's that Beatles song? <laughs> come together right yeah. now. He, he, was, he became a bit more of like a, I have to unite all these people for a common goal. But, yeah, a look, more more Justice League Batman, where he brings the team together. He he builds a giant satellite in space, and he becomes about protecting the yeah. Earth in a in a good kind of unified way. And he doesn't actually spend much time being Batman anymore because he doesn't need to. No, or or he does, but he doesn't drop the gimmick. It's really hard to tell. But um, we, what was the line he said? Um, how often I I thought because. That 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 shows that for all the things where like people just pop up on Bruce and he goes, oh, oh that wasn't supposed to happen. The the um, superhuman robot who has connections to literally everything connected to the internet can't prove that Batman isn't just a myth. Yep, and it's not even um, which is it's not even stuff on the internet. It's literally any bit of software, any yeah. bit of tech. He can speak to it and understand. So. It. 
either Bruce Wayne is incredibly good at hacking things or nobody has ever definitively taken a photo of the Batman. He should have been able to scrub the internet and connect to Batman's suit and take over it. But does this Batman even have tech in his suit? Oh, yeah, or is it just must, a buff guy in armor? I'm assuming because he activates so much stuff from his... From his... I don't I mean, know. He talks yeah. to Alfred. He's got at least a radio, but like oh, his eyes are his eyes. He doesn't have like an Iron Man visualization or anything. No, no HUD. Which, um, but I suppose Cyborg does hack into people who should be Iron Man, Batman should be Iron Man. Oh yeah, that's a running joke on the internet too. That um... Batman has more like logic that would make him Iron Man than Iron Man does. The pathology, um, the access to technology, the willingness to use it selfishly. Well, actually, it comes down to the, the two names that you should think of are uh, why is Batman called Batman and Daredevil called Daredevil? They should be called each other's names. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the blind guy is called... The blind guy who uses echolocation to fight crime and the guy who uses um, gadgets and has no superpowers to be able to fight crime using daredevilry and a cape and all of this other bullshit. He should be called Daredevil. I'm afraid of that. Scare me. Maybe they'll scare my enemies. Yeah, I was going to say, the introduction of Martian Manhunter at the end. Also, that's just the worst depiction of him I've ever seen. Yeah. Great great man with wrinkled brain head. It didn't look like a guy in makeup. It didn't look like a guy made entirely of CG. It didn't look like a mocap guy. It just kind of looked like... Uh, he looked like plasticine. He looked like a yeah. very, very highly advanced Gumby. Gumby, <laughs> um, <laughs> An HAG, a hag, highly advanced Gumby deploying. <laughs> no, he looked, like, he looked like Piccolo from the Dragon Ball Evolution movie. Yeah, Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> Highly advanced Gumby, hack evolution. <laughs> no, but like <laughs> Martian Manhunter is meant to be like the Martian Manhunter. The the Martian Reach Around is meant to be the um, strongest telepath on Earth. So why didn't he introduce himself to Bruce Wayne halfway through that that dream sequence he was having? Just like pop up there and be like, hey. This is all not real, by the way. You're okay. You're safe. And then wake him up out of that dream and say, this is who I am. Don't worry about it. Be cool. Stop thinking. Stop dreaming about evil Superman. Evil Superman can't hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hag. I'm here to help. Also, Uh, the fact that even with extra time and money, he still just has the nightmare dream and then wakes up and gets bearded. I'm okay. Yeah. Oh, and he also just wakes up in a suit, right? Like Bruce Wayne is always just dressed in a suit in this version. I think he was just in rich person pajamas. Uh right. But um it I mean it's better than the other one where he just is, I believe, hanging out at the Flash's house, falls asleep and then wakes up. Yep. Cause... I know that was in his bat cave. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. They're both oh, got a lot of screens. You mean when he when he fell asleep the first time? And yeah, he's just like it's mid scene, and then it's a different scene, and then you cut back to the previous scene, and then he wakes up, and then you realize that the scene you thought was a different scene happening chronologically or something, or as a flash forward was actually just a dream sequence, but it wasn't cut or shown to you in a way that would ever imply that. Yeah, yeah, that was in the Batcave. I think that we call that editing one hundred and one. 
Mm. That's too hard. No, nah. yeah, that can't do that. Feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the F- Flash and Cyborg were probably the standouts, though. Like, they did. Yeah, I can I can completely understand why Ray Fisher has been beyond all of the ridiculous claims about, or not ridiculous, but all the claims but... about Warner Brothers executive behaviors and about regarding race and and abusive behavior on set and all of that kind of shit that he'd been he's been trailblazing since he got cut out of the first film yeah i i love what was the thing that happened they are so we got a bunch of our employees to work out whether what you said was true and that warner brothers is racist and they didn't and you weren't happy with that so we got a third-party company who we paid as Warner Brothers to see whether Warner Brothers is racist, and they didn't say we are either. So you're just lying. Or what they did in that second report. um, Oh, yeah, we acknowledge some people who no longer work for Warner Brothers were probably a little bit possibly racist, but we can't confirm that because we weren't there, even though we were. But the the people that are still continuing on as executive heads of this organization definitely aren't racist, even though they were the other person in the room when all of that was happening. Don't worry. There might have been, but we're not going to confirm that there were racist people here before. But there definitely aren't now, so don't worry. A little bit of gaslighting. Be like, hang on a second. Maybe you're a little bit racist for even asking that. Have you thought yeah. about that, buddy? And before they can even have time to respond to that, they're like, no, no, the investigation's closed, so we'll be moving forward without you. I, I haven't actually looked into it, but like, have you checked? Is Ray Fisher going to be in anything else? No, as of like a couple of months ago, it, it um, they had officially cut ties with him. Um, he was meant to be the secondary character in the Flash movie that's coming out. No, I just mean in movies. Oh, in movies. I think he is. Is he going to be the Colin Kaepernick of? I think that's what the way it was leading until this, until the movie came out and people actually saw how good he's been in it. Um, I think this might just kickstart, kickstart his career. Um, he was hoping because he was great in it. It was yeah, and exactly who Cyborg's meant to be. He's meant to be terrifying and sad and angry. Um. So like, it was the only thing the he's the... slated to be in is a TV show that is appears to be specifically about like black sort of women stuff. fighting racism, right. and there's nothing else he's slated to be in. Yeah. So I hope his career doesn't just just fail by nature of him standing up for himself. On that sort of track, like, uh, um, yep. Star Wars. Is he's he arguably taken. He's he was arguably with um, Disney because. Yeah. Yeah. Probably In things. Is- Post 2021, so he's okay. Yeah. 
Whereas I was yeah. before that Zack Snyder discovered him for that. Oh, okay. For, for, for Cyborg, but otherwise he was never a film or TV actor. Okay. I Which is why that. he's been so vocal about just being like, I don't give a fuck what you think you can do to me with my career. I didn't have this before and I'm probably not going to have it afterwards anyway, but I'm going to call you out on your shit. Well, it's positive. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it seems like he's, he's, you know, speaking about what's literally happening to him. And yeah. by all accounts, the people that were shitting on him are people that, like, for example, Whedon's in the shit now for more than just what he may or may not have said to Fisher. He's also in shit for. Yeah. Um, and it's just an interesting kind of. Being bad um, to women. It's an interesting... Yeah, it seems like a lot of what Boyega's doing now is non-American stuff, so he's probably been at least slightly blackballed in yeah. the States. It's interesting to just Hollywood. go back through all of Ray Fisher's Twitter, just to read all of, like, as, as things get released or updated, he's usually the first one to say something about it and post something online. Oh, okay. So all the way through this, it's quite, yeah, interesting. Not necessarily fun, but it's interesting to r read back yeah through some of his through some of his stuff and pretty much there's, there's nothing yet that he hasn't been vindicated for i'm saying ultimately. hasn't no but apart from the warner brothers just saying oh no nah, we're not going to and sorry you're not going to get a job after this sort of bullshit yeah everything that he claimed about the quality of the film and the and the stuff that um was cut all the all the stuff about the snyder cut at least with this version that's come out kind of yeah you know, it vindicates his his angle on that's good especially now that you get to compare the two versions of the film and you realize yeah they just you know what that makes me wonder too so if you think about kind of from almost like the star wars prequels the jurassic park sequels there's a definite era where basically all movies all the dc movies where even a few of the Marvel movies, really, where all movies coming out were getting severely fucked with post um, editing by the studio. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. genuinely now quite interested to understand just to what extent, like how many of those movies, if you actually went back and saw what was done before the non-creatives took over, how many of those actually retroactively could be built into logical, sensible, like workable films? Yeah, and I think that's what this is teaching us is that as even back through the Marvel, like early um, MCU, were pretty bad with that. That they had people, um, even like you know, Age of Ultron's a pretty average movie. Well, that was the last. I think that was the last phase where. Um, I is it one with Pearl... the weird like um, Thor goes into a room and like yep. has yep. a internal so struggle with some water and nothing happens. Go set up the next Avengers film, please, Thor. In the current Avengers film, don't actually can yeah contribute to this one. Um, yeah, so Ike Perlmutter, which is who was the head of Disney, of Marvel Studios at the time, yeah. Um, through Phase One and Phase part of Phase Two, was responsible for a lot of that stuff. He was the reason that um, Thor had to have that side story happen. Um, and uh, in Iron Man 3, Guy Pierce's character is the bad guy. He was never meant yes. to be the bad guy. He was meant to be the woman, um, right? 
the woman, yeah. And that was his doing. He said, women don't sell toys. We're not having a female bad guy. Is he the same one that said no action figures of Ray because boys don't buy girl action figures? Yep. Oh, actually, uh, no, that wouldn't have been him. He wasn't in charge of Disney. He was in charge of Marvel. Stuff, oh, okay. So, um, oh, it might have been Disney. <laughs> if actually. you search Ike Perlmutter on... Yes, like Google, the very first image that shows up is him, like, him getting dusted, snap <laughs> dusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was he's he's a seventy eight year old uh, Palestinian Jew, Israeli Jew, born in Palestine for some. Oh, what is now mandatory Palestine? <laughs> may not have been Israel at the time. Yeah. Um, all he's known for is having enough money to buy certain toy companies over time and then eventually buying his way into Marvel where he was co-owners with toy of toy biz with one RV Arid, like oh. the worst, the worst producer of all time when it comes to those Spider-Man movies. Isn't, uh, isn't RV Arid still the guy that's planning to make the Metal Gear Solid movie? Yeah, I believe so. He's also still, a um, because of his, um, so Jesse, what you're saying is that the Jews have ruined the um, entertainment industry. These Jews have. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, if I you can even comfortably say that. <laughs> I, 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 why, why not? Like, like we can name fifty you Jews. You get in trouble when you say things like that. Doesn't matter can, what you thought. Can name fifty subject. people of Jewish descent who have uh, created the best Hollywood films of all time. We can at least name two that have ruined it. Their race has nothing to do with it. Anyway. I'm just going to give you an awkward silence yeah. here so yeah. you can I keep know, digging yourself out. <laughs> uh, yep, he's the producer of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, and he was also the producer of Ghost in the Shell, all of the Sinister bad... Six, Borderlands, apparently a Naruto live-action movie, Yeah, an Into the Spider-Verse sequel, the Uncharted okay. movie, the Morbius movie. Is... A lot of Venom it is purely 2. because of his attachment to Marvel Studios as one of the co-founders. Sony, right? Isn't it? Well, to begin he, with. He's he a was, Sony producer, I thought. He is a Marvel Studios producer um, who ended up kickstarting pretty much every Marvel film, regardless of where it was, because he had all of the toy licenses. So he was attached to Marvel all the way through, no matter who owned the rights. Whereas Ike Perlmutter was attached to Sony, I believe. Um, no, he was attached to everything as well. So, but that was the uh, only point of that was the only point of company synergy was these two people. Yeah, in terms of all of those movies that had nothing to do with each other, but he had they owned Marvel Studios, so they got to do whatever the fuck they liked and license all of that shit out. Okay, and sell the rights to all of those characters to whoever whoever would pay. Um, because if you look at his films, there are a laundry list of um of. Crap using big name titles. Yep. Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. Even the good ones. Like you're by virtue X2, of him being associated to everything, he had nothing to do with end. any of them. Credible Hulk. Well you Ghost look at the, the non- shell Electra, Daredevil. Look, look at the non Marvel movies he's attached to. That's that's your baseline for good or bad, if he's good or bad. You've got the Bratz movie. <laughs> the um, Dragon. He did Bots Bastard. <laughs> The Bots Master. Um, he did the original Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man TV series back in 1994. He did so Blade A and Blade 2. So he's only been attached to Marvel properties by virtue of owning Marvel properties, not actually having any creative input into them. Uh, or actually, if he's had creative input, it's because he's owned them, not because he has anything to add of value. 
Yeah. <clears throat> and so this guy still continues to be attached to the Spider-Man movies because Spider because Sony think that I've never made a bad Spider-Man movie still because they make billions of dollars. They. Well, what Sony movies is basically a what shitty offcut of a Japanese company that is given carte blanche seemingly because the people at the head office aren't really paying that much attention to them. Mm-hmm. They blow smoke up their own asses and pretend they're a part of the movie industry when they really aren't. They, the closest thing they've had to a success is a straight to streaming animated movie, which was made by like the Russo brothers, right? Yeah. Like, so, so it was they, just like yeah. an off cut of support that they probably got from the Disney deal. Mm. So back to your original point that we made. Yes, this movie I think has retroactively made us look back on pretty much every bad movie that's ever been made. Um, I thought you were saying back to your point about you <laughs> not liking the juice. <laughs> uh, we never left that point, Logan. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what we're saying here, right? Uh, no, if you look back, yeah, this movie allows us to actually look back and go, not just what if somebody didn't interfere, but proof. it's kind of proof that if people interfere, that's the outcome you get. So here's the outcome without that interference. Mm. And it's actually pretty good. It still probably could use some guidance in places. Um, but yeah, it makes you think back through all of those movies that got terrible theatrical releases whether or not any of them were any good yeah also makes you realize just how much um of a sort of crapshoot good is for most of these companies yeah and it just must be frustrating for fans who grow up with these properties enjoy them know them inside and out and are happy for variations to occur with them because none of those comic books actually follow a straight line they're all just people writing for the sake of writing and creating God. Mm. Some we got we to get a release out week to week. You got to hit the um, yeah. target. Here's this 80, 20 rule of 80% garbage day to day, because my God, you just have full license to write whatever the fuck you want or executives at a comic book level are dictating what you should do. But there's a 20% through line there where people actually make some good, meaningful re- um, and like long-standing marvel or marvel comic book storylines that people all know and love and that's what becomes the movies and then if you take that 20 percent of good good comic book content and then run it through the same kind of setup you're going to end up with even less movies that end up being good Mm. and what's more it's just nice to watch something that that sort of has, I mean, obviously it didn't have the trust because that's not how it happened originally, but I mean, Marvel movies are so sanitized. Mm. They're so careful. They're so precise. They're so... It's, it's nice to hear something a little less. Like the, yeah, and there are like benefits to both versions of that kind of arrangement because with marvel even though well, like, it also know... had the balls to take itself seriously yeah which you know maybe it's misplaced oh. maybe it is goofy as fuck but it took itself look at, seriously look at what we're, yeah look at what we're actually watching here it's a bat recruiting a series of different types of superheroes and skin types trying to save the world from a giant global threat none of this stuff should be taken anything less than serious because it's so stupid yes Apocalypse is standing in a throne room 
with lines and lines and lines and lines of mindless slave creatures. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, if I have an army, I wouldn't bother to line them up if they don't have free will. Yeah. Because what is the point of showing dominance over a group of people who have no minds? <laughs> it's just... You just yeah. stack them yeah. in a cupboard. <laughs> like, there is no <laughs> point to making them la stand there and hold up banners to you. That is like insult to injury in terms of a lack of yeah i don't know uh, creativity well yeah and that's the thing right is if, if if you'd have to be a really really just unashamedly brooding twat of a bad yeah. guy to make all of those mindless drone creatures yeah. stand there and so this just shows that there's executives who make those ridiculous decisions about how they think the property should be when they hire somebody to direct a vision of a story, and then they throw all this other bullshit at them. They don't actually seem to know or respect or have interest in any of the properties that they're managing. They're just there to make money. No, well, what you all get is, is people that, that are there to, make money, to right? they manage operations, they manage balance sheets, they manage you know application of resources, things like that. And because of that, because of the industry they're doing that management in, they get large sums of money and they get to hang out with people who are in movies. And no because the age of they're running companies that might be creating successful movies, they start to, much like you saw with what happened that caused Comedy Central to collapse, you get a whole bunch of suits that start to think they know how to make creative decisions and that they are the reason that these movies are or are not successful. Fucking like Comedy Central collapsed because a bunch of dude bro execs decided they knew what was funny. Well, it's because all the good talent goes elsewhere, right? You've got how many of the best directors um, under Marvel have been under the age of 40? Most of them when they make their best movies. Like John Favreau wouldn't have well, been 40 when he did Iron Man. That's um, also because Disney specifically targets people <laughs> who aren't sufficiently um, big enough mature to... in their careers that they don't have to be paid large amounts that's or, that was part of the entire control. marvel machine was yeah. everyone was cheap or bring them in oh yeah that's that's the ike perlmutter result like i i think captain america uh chris evans only got paid a couple of hundred thousand for yeah captain america robert downey jr was like the one that was their initial big get because he was an un, um uninsurable yeah. uninsurable drug addict and then the act of like they were they were actually at the point of, of rehabilitating say, his career yeah when they went in to renegotiate for uh avengers 2 all of their pay checks mm. um it took robert downey jr saying that he would quit and take it all down with him if they didn't pay his um his co-stars what they're actually worth because they were at the point now under ike filmer that they were just going to recast people who didn't sign on because they said, we don't care. No one's going to watch these for you as the human being. They're going to watch them for the characters. So we'll recast all of you fuckers except Iron Man. Because Iron Man is Robert Downey Jr. And he called their bluff. <clears throat> and that's the only reason that they got paid um, comparative to everyone else on those films. Like, yeah, first Avengers movie, none of them got paid more than a couple million dollars each. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And it's like four or five movies into the franchise already. Sure. Yeah. Do you know three different actors play um, the Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Pedro Pascal in voice and major scenes, and then it's 
two like stunt body double types who do a lot well, of Well one's the... a stunt body double, the other one is um just a placement double, right? What? I think a relative of John Wayne. <laughs> oh right. So that could couple... be entirely not true, but so there's a there's a star, there's a stunt double, and then there's a Cowdoy character, uh, like a Cowdoy double. <laughs> Cowdoy. Cowdoy. Uh, it's, it's not confirmed. People are just wanting to know. Speculating, right. But if you if you Google them there. His name is John Brendan Wayne. John Brendan. He sounds like a serial killer, but cool, I'll give him credit. Um, this is it about Americans making a three-part name all of a sudden instantly mean um, serial killer? Mm. Um, yeah, so all in all, Zack Snyder, you've done pretty good. I would happily rewatch this movie time and time again. It's on the, it's on the, it's on the, um, it's on the, on the official rotation of movies. I'd happily watch to kill time as a comic book movie because I've already seen it. I know what happens, but I'll, I'll rewatch it. You've done well. I, I, I suppose at some point I should go back and watch Batman v Superman unfucked as well. Yeah, it's still not shonky. It's still shonky in places. Just because I, 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 I still found it really interesting. Think I think um, Zack Snyder is a good director. So I'm, I'm still in two minds. It's got probably. I mean the the opening scene of um, Bruce Wayne seeing his seeing um, Metropolis get slaughtered by Zod and Superman still stands to be one of the best opening sequences of a movie I've ever seen. Um, at, at that sort of grandiose popcorn movie level. Um, mm. And it still features like pointless giant monster. That's yeah, the, not third, even the third act is where it falls apart, how Superman dies against um, Doomsday. That's all just hot garbage in my mind. But... Um, I don't even how, remember how he died. So Batman creates that kryptonite weapon to be able to kill him with. And when he's about to kill him, he's like, remember Martha, save Martha. We have the same mom's name. Friends. Mm. That happens. And then Batman does like the coolest Batman Arkham Asylum kind of beat down on all these bad guys to rescue Superman's mom. And then uh, Lex Luthor goes, ha ha ha, you, you fell for it. Now I'm going to do what I was always meaning to do, which was revive General Zod as this creature. And oh no, genetic monstrosity, it's doomsday. That's the one thing that could probably kill Superman because it's stronger than Superman. Oh, yeah, it was a plain, like, oily mustache Lex Luthor dealy, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, and so doomsday in the comics, he, he can't die the same way twice and he keeps coming back to life after he's been killed. So why? That's, why? Because uh, of his. Um, I his hate comic, comic books. His comic book background is insane. It's just he's from a planet that kept murdering him, so he evolved, evolved, and evolved. Wait, who is? Doomsday. Ah, oh, I I got on a tangent in my head and thought you were talking about Lex Luthor. Oh no no no. Um, no. So no, that's he just the... wears a giant mech suit and is on life support permanently for some reason. Yeah. Um, so Doomsday is Kryptonian in this version. So it's Zod's reanimated corpse. So it's weak against Kryptonite. So Superman takes the weapon that Bruce Wayne created to destroy him and uses it to stab Doomsday. But in the process ends up being stabbed himself. But or something. 
isn't the way Superman's always worked like you could stab him with kryptonite and he'd die, but the second you pull it out and leave it out, he'd just heal and pop back up. Yep, and that's exactly what this movie did. Like that's what Justice League ended up doing. He was dead officially, but not dead. Like at the end of Batman v Superman, the after credit sequence is the the like the gravel around his free or the dirt on his freshly um dug grave starts to starts to like hover and and float up like it does when he's about to start flying mm. and then you should remember that but was yeah. that was that left in there in the recap yeah yeah so, so the, why the idea did they is need box to reanimate him yeah uh probably because they buried him oh they probably oh, yeah i suppose they didn't know that the sun recharges him so they've buried him in the dirt away from the sun so he can't heal but he probably never actually died um, he's just in a form of Kryptonian stasis. But as soon as they dug him out, instead, if they had known to just dig him out and throw him into the sun, he would have come back to life probably as well. But they. I, I find that even more annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... there you go. But all in all, uh, yeah, go watch that movie. It's so Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition is what it's called because it's it. At that point, Zack Snyder's clearly established himself as a person who makes a movie. Most people kind of don't like it, but a lot of people do, to the point where Warner Brothers, who he keeps going back to to make movies with, go, you know what, here's your Ultimate Edition version, because he did the exact same thing with Watchmen. There was Watchmen, and there was Watchmen Ultimate Edition. Man of Steel doesn't have an Ultimate Edition. like that's, That film just got released as it was, because I think Christopher Nolan was really heavily involved in that. Yeah, that was that was back before when he was like, "All right, I see where this is going," and sort of bailed a bit. I think. Um, I, but that was I get the, the sense of... if he had have actually not bailed to do his own shit, and he had have stuck around and been the the Feige of that universe. I don't think Nolan uh, uh, Snyder would have had nearly as much trouble. No, it would have. He would have been reined in in the right ways he would have been given the right sort of because yeah, direction of his direction nolan wouldn't have been like no i'm recutting your movie nolan would have been like during the writing phase hang on this this is a bit too much yeah all granted all that's, that's probably <laughs> a previous perception of what nolan is like whereas nowadays we know nolan to be a bit of a fucking especially with his writing Oof. um well i think jonathan's a better writer right I think so, but they write Any the all time their stuff together. Like, but I, I thought his later movies are much more Chris and a lot less Jonathan. Yeah, that might be the case. Um, Do you use TikTok? Uh, I've started to, but it, like, there's nothing of value on there, though. No, I, I just find it really terrifying how much um, like control people have of their faces to put on really like discordant facial reactions that aren't related to what's going on yeah it, it, it's it's like everyone's good at acting now and that somehow i find it existentially <laughs> terrifying oh yeah as soon as you put it we've we've raised a generation at least one generation of kids on having a camera in their face yeah, and they can just comfortably put on whatever reaction they want. And they know what their face looks like when they put on those reactions, which means they've had enough time both looking into cameras and seeing what the result is. Yeah, but also at the same time, you've got to remember... I don't no, know what my face looks like if, if I'm not... In... 
Like, unless you're directly showing me what I'm doing, I have no idea what of... my default facial expression is, and I don't think anyone should know. But none of this stuff is live, though, so they're, they're, test, they're, they're practicing. Yeah, right? again, it's... I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. And when you... Yeah, I mean, they're practicing, they're live streaming, they're... Uh, it's, it's the YouTube generation. Mm. Being, being able to manage all of this and if it isn't people of a youtube age it's people who have acting experience on they're pretending like they don't pretending that they're real people and they don't also have an only fans page or a yeah <laughs> or some other bullshit kind of social media presence that they're trying to engineer and make it seem if, genuine if you like, want to um if you want to rep your only fans you can just do that at the end of the show i'll put it in the liner notes all right but okay um, um, do we have to do VR news these days? I think we'll save that for the next episode. Okay. Because we've been we smashed it with this. Sweet. Um, and we should actually prepare something for our VR one and make it all about Knife Gun, our game that we're making, by the way, team. So yeah, um, we actually after five years of talking about things, we're actually doing a thing. And the yeah. Secret is we're paying somebody else to do it. Hooray! Uh, yeah. So our next episode, it's going to be all about VR gaming. And, uh, where we think it's at, where we think it's going. Uh, uh, what we'd like to see in a VR game, and yeah, and um, running around shooting each other and encourage the cowardly dog's house. Oh, yeah, terrible. Good times. Okay, this has been wired shut. Has. Uh, he's been your host, Logan. I've been your host, Jesse, and I need to pee really badly right now. That's why I'm cutting this episode off. So do I, and vice versa. All right. See you next Peace. time.